It's Friday, March 19th, 2021, and we've made it to episode two of Is Breakfast Included? You're listening to Justified off the Mokita EP by Holly West, who just happens to be my guest today. Holly's had such a cool journey in such a short period of time, and she's going to talk about what she was doing before she became a musician, what led her to start making music, and all the projects that brought her to where she is now as the bass player of the all-female Led Zeppelin tribute band, Zepparella. We're going to talk about what she, what's been keeping her busy for the last year, her solo projects, her acoustic act, her YouTube podcast series. I'll let her tell you all about that. So, here's Holly West. Tell me who you are right now. My name is Holly West, and I'm a bass player. Most known for the band Zepparella. Yeah. And I also have my own project, which is a trio, a power trio, where I sing and play bass. Um, and then I also do acoustic stuff. Oh, well, cool, cool. Yeah. I guess... But, I, I go, I'm sorry? But I guess, yeah, lately I've been doing uh, some stuff online, like Bass Cafe and uh, doing bass, teaching bass clinics and things like that. Cool, cool. Well, um, let's start from the beginning, man. Like, okay. when did you start playing bass and why did you start playing bass? And what did you do before that? Well, I was a hairdresser for 20 years in Dallas um, at Matthew Tully. Well, not there the whole time, but like throughout um, Dallas and in Oklahoma for 20 years. And I just started my musical journey about uh, in 2011. Um, I got a MacBook Air and it had GarageBand on it. And one of my friends taught me how to kind of arrange songs and loops and stuff. So I started with that. And then when I showed one of my friends who was needing a bassist, he he could tell that I knew how to arrange songs and had an ear for it. So he asked me if I wanted to play bass. And I didn't hesitate. I just said, yeah, of course, because I wanted to play an instrument and I wanted to be in a band. So from there, he just kind of took me under his wing and, and showed me how to do it. And uh, we did pretty good. We were signed with um, Down Boys Records, which is a warrant label. And we toured quite a bit, and it was fun. And then I just kind of moved on from there into other projects. So you didn't start playing until 2011. That's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty good. That you thanks. <laughs> yeah, you were a late starter, but yeah, you know, I know what you've done. But um, yeah, and what was that first band? The first band was called Love Stricken Demise or LSD. Um, and Nikki McKibben from American Idol, she actually just passed away a few months ago um, from a, uh, an aneurysm. But she um, she was the singer. And then uh, Billy Blair, who is a uh, he's, he's getting pretty well known lately um, in kind of like the uh, the uh, horror film industry. Mm-hmm. I know. Billy. Um, you know, Billy, yeah, of yeah. course, you're, excuse me, you're from Dallas, so you probably know Billy. <laughs> um, so Billy uh, was the guitar player. And then Rico, who's just known in all types of bands in Dallas, uh, was the drummer. And that was the very, very first time that I'd ever played in, in, front, of, in front of anybody or, or, 
you know, played a bass or anything. And I, I had like six weeks to learn it and to get on stage at House of Blues and pull it off. <laughs> so it was it was intimidating, but I was up for the challenge. So it helped. I mean, it, it worked out pretty good. There's a story that just evolved Apparently I'm shooting up another truck Well, after after that band, after you left that band, or I, I I don't know if they broke up or that you just left. What? It, what yeah, it, we kind of we kind of broke up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went to a band uh, called Honey. Uh, Billy and I were going to start another band after LSD, but um, I met a girl <clears throat> named Kess O'Hara. She had come to uh, our LSD show with Dawkins, and I briefly met her and another guy who we ended up um, just staying in contact and she ended up moving in with me. We started a band called Honey. And that was the first time that I broke out of, um, you know, wanting, broke out of just playing what people were showing me and started learning music theory and structure and, 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 you know, what all of the names of the notes were on the bass and stuff. So um, Kes really inspired me to become a more, more of a musician. Right on. Was that part um, of the deal when she moved in with you? Like, you can move in with me, but we have to start yes. again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was it. Um, she definitely wanted to start a band with me. And so I uh, I said, well, if you move here and, and teach me how to how to really play music, because uh, what Billy was teaching me was, was what he was teaching me, but he wasn't, it, it wasn't enough for me to learn theory and stuff. So I wanted somebody to help me with that. And she definitely you know, taught me a lot. And then I started teaching myself because I wanted to keep up with her and the other players. Um, and so that, that band did pretty well in Dallas and, and we, we, we did a lot of stuff, but just financially, it, it just wasn't, it just wasn't there in the end. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we, we split up and I went off to do, um, I, I don't know if you know who David Cote is, but he plays in Dallas a lot. Um, he was the one that originally showed me how to do garage band and stuff. Um, but I ended up playing with him and playing in his cover band and we played all over the Dallas Fort Worth area, um, several nights a week. And that's where I really got good with rhythm, like seriously locked in with rhythm, uh, because he's a loop artist. So, uh, when you, when you do a loop, it's like a metronome, you're still in the same exact, uh, time timing yeah so i had to basically play to whatever he put on his loop every single night and um and it really helped me lock in uh to become a better bassist that way and and uh, he also helped me branch out a little bit with theory just a little bit more and a little bit more i think as musicians that's what we tend to do is it's so hard to get all of it at once yeah um but it's easy to get like you know a little bit here and a little bit there so that's pretty much where you cut your teeth like, yeah really, it really got into it yeah that and then um but right after that i joined another band called woody's rampage which was uh we played a lot more of the casino gigs and i couldn't have my notes in front of me a lot for that gig so then i really started like memorizing uh songs you know lots of songs um <clears throat> i had to do like 
over a hundred songs for that band. So it was a lot of memorization um, and a lot of just keeping up. And the, the lead guy did a lot of segues. So I just had to really keep up and it was a three piece. So um, I also had a lot of filling in to do. So that, that helped a lot too. Um, and then, and then came Zepparilla or well, and I'm sorry, then came my record, uh, Mokita, which I decided to do, I think in 2017. Um, it took me about nine months and I just knew that I wanted to write the songs and get the best players possible. So I got Gary Hoey on guitar, um, Brady Blade on drums, and I was on bass and vocals and, um, I had, uh, Chris Bell in doing the engineering and mixing and he's one of the best. He does like, uh, the Eagles last record. He did, um, like, uh, uh, beyond, or what was it? Uh, uh, Destiny's Child's first record mm-hmm. does all of Eric Vadu's stuff. He's amazing. Um, I think a really, you know, I think a, a good key element of a, of a good record is a good mixing, uh, mixing engineer. Yeah. Um, and then we had Gavin Larson, uh, master it who does like the Foo Fighters and stuff. So I just wanted to make sure that I had the right people for the job. And I, I they were all sort of producers as well. So I let them have free reign with it. And, um, you know, I wrote all the stuff and then I had them play on it and it just turned into this really nice thing. So then I started doing, um, in Dallas, my, my power trio. And then just a few months after I released that record, I got a call from, uh, from Tracy Guns, well, a text message from Tracy Guns asking if I wanted to be in Zepparella. And I didn't hesitate to say yes. So uh, about a, a week later, I was at an audition with them and got the job. And a month later, I was on the road with them. And I've been touring with them ever since uh, COVID hit. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, that's, that's amazing. And I, I, I'm not just saying that to like, kiss your ass like since 2011 to now everything yeah. you've done that's you've really been hustling as yeah. i i know cats here in dallas that have been doing it since the 90s and haven't accomplished mm-hmm. what you have in 10 years <laughs> oh thank you really you know, I really a, nine years I, because you lost yeah, a year. <laughs> yeah i did i really did it sucks <laughs> but yeah we lost a year um yeah i i think my I've always had a good, you know, a lot of ambition and I've always been an entrepreneur. Um, you know, my, my hair business at the different salons, I still had to run my own business and stuff. So I, I enjoy talking to people and enjoy meeting people. And so I think that's always helped me continue to get jobs playing bass. And, um, I definitely always wanted to make sure that whatever band I went into, that I wasn't the, the one that was on the bottom end, you know, I want to, or, I can't say that because I'm a bass player. I wasn't the one that was uh, yeah. that was slacking the most. I guess I should say. Yeah. Um, I wanted to make sure that I was doing a good job, and um, it wasn't to kiss ass or anything. It was just to prove to myself that I could do it. And um, I always had a lot of good mentors around that told me to play with as many people as possible and to you know play as much as possible. And so that's what I did. Yeah, I I know. Um... You know, there's a lot of guys like that that'll give you that advice and then some cats take it and some cats don't. And the ones that don't will sit there and say like, well, I've been doing everything you've asked me to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but I, I think uh, 
I, I, I think you and I crossed paths a lot, but I officially met you right after you got the Zeparella gig. And um Yeah. Yeah, and 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 I remember talking to you and just hanging out we were hanging out at the cult and yeah. and and I just really met you and I thought like man, you know, like it's like we've been friends forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have a pretty bubbly personality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm a tall blonde, so that helps. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. um yeah, so in that time like you you picked up you just picked up and moved to LA, correct? Yeah. Um, so a few years ago, I decided that I definitely wanted to move to LA and I didn't want to move empty handed. I wanted to make sure I had some content, something out there. So that's when I did Mokita. And then three months later, I got the call from Zeparella. Now they're up in San Francisco, which I do not want to move to San Francisco. I'm not a northerner person. <laughs> uh, I'm from the South. I've been, I've, you know, born and raised in the South. So as far south as possible, I like the heat. <laughs> so I moved to San Diego first, uh, cause I had some friends there and, um, then COVID hit. And so now I'm actually in LA proper. Uh, well, I'm in Long Beach, which is LA County. So, uh, but I'm here, I'm just waiting for things to open up a little bit more and I'm waiting to tour. Uh, I don't think that Bill is going to be able to tour until the fall. So I'm just trying to get over this, uh, the summer and then we can continue on. <laughs> yeah. So I, I know you were out there. You you did some gigging when you first moved out. How do you compare like being in this scene compared to being in that scene from Dallas? To well, in Dallas, you know, I know everybody. So it's like when I go to a show, even if somebody doesn't know I'm playing, like, I, you know, I probably know them or, you know, um, especially like coming back through with Zepparella or with my, my own band and we have like a sold out show or a packed house, you know, most of my friends are there and I see everybody and um, it just, it feels more comfortable to me, I guess. But out here, um, it's like, you know, I've been touring out in on the West Coast for the past few years and uh, I'm starting to get to know people out here, but um, it's, uh, you know, the scene, the scene up in the northwestern region of the United States is, is huge. Like, they love going to concerts. They love going out. They love being part of, you know, live music. In the South, it's kind of hit or miss. You have some places that are really popular in, in, on certain days, and that's it. Um, but we can, we can go and play some shows in, on the West coast and, and it be sold out on a Wednesday night or a Thursday night. Um, and in Dallas, I don't know, sometimes you get that, sometimes you don't. Um, but we have a big, you know, cesspool of people there. There's so many different things going on in Dallas and it's grown so much too over the last few years. I like that word cesspool. How you describe yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's full of humans. Um, <laughs> there's so much going on, and you know, you know, Clint obviously has done a really great job bringing back the big bars down there um, with the bomb factory and uh, uh, trees, and um, uh, what was the other uh, one? Canton that, Hall. Uh, Canton Hall. Yeah, you know, when he when he finally opened those two, it just brought so many great things to Deep Ellum and. Um, uh, yeah, I, when I first started going to, going to Deep Ellum, I was 18 
and it was every single every single door was a bar every single one of them you had the thin room the fat room the green room you know everything and it was so crazy but everybody got along everything was wonderful and then the last time that i was in dallas and in Bellum, it was the same way but it was it was a little more chaotic there was just too much too many people being weird about their diversity yeah i always thought the diversity was what brought people together and and i loved that but um i think things just kind of changed a little bit over the years yeah unfortunately well i i saw deep ellum in the late 80s all through the Mm -hmm. 90s and then the early 2000s i'm showing my age right now (laughs) and then i quit going and then when it started when live music started kind of popping up around there i'd go down there and i i i understand what you were saying so yeah 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 Yeah. but um you know it's the great thing is that it's branched out other venues you know um you've got gas monkey now and uh even o'reilly's is always holding shows and stuff um out here right at the moment nothing's open still there's no live music i can't even go play a acoustic gig (laughs) if i wanted to now in in san diego i could but i'm still a couple hours away from there okay so uh but i've been you know doing some session work and helping people with their projects and um still writing and keeping busy and uh i've been actually writing for online publications i can't really say who i'm writing for because i'm under contract but Um, what, but what I'm doing is basically like articles about bass and about guitar and about producing and stuff. And eventually I'd like to get to where I am published, like in guitar world or bass, you know, some bass magazine or something. So I'm working on that right now. So, um, how did this, this, this last year, how did it affect you and what did you do to, to, to not get in a rut? Well, I can't say that I didn't get in a rut sometimes because it is very, very frustrating when um, everything's just taken away from you that you worked so hard for. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I did have hair to fall back on, but I didn't want to go back to hair because I've been doing it for 20 years. And at any point we were, you know, I mean, we couldn't go, we couldn't, we couldn't work anyways. So even if I wanted to get into hair right now I would only have six months and I'd be back on the road so it's just not worth it to me so I had to get really creative of course like everybody I think um and I uh, I I started working more on my Patreon and so I have a lot more content on my Patreon and I have um, a lot more subscribers and I have some some subscribers that that attend my uh, base clinics every week. And that's been helping a lot. That's been kind of a lifesaver. Um, and then on my website, I uh, released a bunch of new merch. And then I also started a, a clothing company with my boyfriend called uh, Dead Group Clothing. And so we are trying to bring on artists for um to like have a personalized uh, merchandise for them, but not specifically bands. Um, we could obviously do bands, but more like um, we have a visual artist on there. She's a tattoo artist here in LA. And uh, we want to get, you know, 
just certain people on there that have a good following and that um, we can maybe give them a, a good piece of art to put on clothing to sell. Um, I have a signature um, Deep Groove logo and uh, Fred has a signature uh, Drummer Die logo and those seem to sell pretty well. Uh, and then I got into hot sauce. Um, I have a friend that had a hot sauce company so I started selling some hot sauce online which is which went pretty well and I have a little bit left. I'm going to do a big um, sale pretty soon and get rid of the rest of it. Um, so I'm just learning about, you know, merchandising and um, and online stuff. I did, you know, do a couple websites over the past uh, year just to keep up with online stuff. Um, that's where everything's going now is very digital and online. And and so I, I wanted to make sure that I was ahead of the curve on that one. Uh, which is great because now I know how to build websites and now I can write for websites and do all of that stuff. Wow. That's a, yeah. that's a lot. Like when you said, yeah. I got in a rut every, I got in a rut. I mean, I tour for a living as well. I got in a rut and this yeah. is, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> this <Yeah>. is it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah. And I started base cafe with, um, with, it's, it's called base cafe with Holly and Dean and, uh, Dean from, uh, Nita Strauss's band. It's her bass player. Uh-huh. And we just talk about bass. Um, I've, I didn't realize how much, how much time would go into the editing because <laughs> I edit all of it. Uh, and then also Dean is a talker. So sometimes he can talk for like two hours, <laughs> which is great because it's content, but it's, it's a lot of work. Uh, but it's great because we get to interview some really awesome uh, bassists. Uh, I had uh, Tony Montana from, uh, or Cardenas Montana from Great White. Um, I had um, Ace, uh, Who's Slash's drum, or I'm sorry, uh, Slash's guitar tech, um, Ace Bergman. Yeah, I know Ace. Uh, yeah, you know Ace. Um, he was on one of them. We were just talking about, you know, tech stuff and just anything and everything that has to do with the music, um, you know, with music and in general. Um, and it's it's been really cool. I'm getting, we, we took a little bit of a break and I'm getting emails like, when is it coming back on? So I've got to get back on it. Uh, but I'm hoping to get. Uh, some pretty big names uh, up this next time as well. And uh, I, I, I enjoy it. I, I really enjoy um, being able to talk about bass because it makes me learn too. And when we come up with an idea for an episode, I have to, you know, do research and talk to people about, you know, what I'm going to be doing. And, um, and as well as the writing that I've been doing, it's really helped me grow as a musician even more, just applying yourself a little bit more. Yeah. That's all awesome, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I'm sitting here listening to everything you're doing and it's, I'm tired. <laughs> you're tired. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually just pulled in a, a new part-time job that I'm at like four hours a day. So I'm doing a lot, but it's, 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 it was really scary, you know, going from, yeah, we have a tour coming up that I'm going to be making several thousand dollars and I'm going to be set for a while. It's going to be great. And then all of a sudden, oh, no, you can't tour at all. Yeah. And it's like, well, where's my money? I need money to live, <laughs> yeah. you know? Oh, no, I get and it. I get it. Yeah. It was just the mind. Like, it's just, it's so insane what we had to go through as as, as gig gig people. Yeah. And um, it's, you know, still going through. Like we're yep. still seeing gigs just go away. Yep. But yeah. You know, 
there does seem to be a a small light at the end of the tunnel. There is a small light out there um, so far. As long as we don't have to go back into hibernating, I think yeah. we'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, I do see gigs popping up around here. Um, uh, I I know of some gigs being booked, so we're just waiting. Yeah, I think <laughs> I've I've been keeping up. Um, I'm a big fan of the comedy scene out there, and oh, cool! So they've started doing shows i believe i believe comedy stores doing like some outdoor stuff great so it it does look promising good good that's wonderful so i mean right now you're doing the base it's it's called base cafe base cafe with holly and dean that's um it's usually every monday but it, you can find it on youtube we'll have new episodes coming up soon okay and that's pretty much is that occupying a lot of your time right now well, it does occupy a lot of time. Um, I've taken a little bit of a break this past month, but we're going to get back on it and try to, I'm going to try to make it not take up so much of my time. Because I know like <laughs> but, a two hour conversation is a 10 hour editing. Marathon. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so I'm trying to get it to where it's not as hard and it doesn't take up as much time because it doesn't really give me any money at the, at the moment. It's all free information we're giving to people hmm. and so we're not getting any return from it we're just giving you know information and, and talking about base and hoping that we're helping people um, and also hoping that you know if they really want to learn that they'll you know jump on one of our patreons and get lessons or um, you know just follow along with some of the stuff we do um, and then yeah so doing that and then I'm doing um Zepparella has a phone, a, a, a Patreon that we do like a phone call, a, a Zoom call with all of our, our uh, big fans, our top fans every week. And that's nice um, to see everybody because we haven't seen anybody for over a year. Um, and then on, uh, let's see, what else am I doing? Um, Base Cafe, yeah, I'm writing and um, I'm doing, I'm also helping, a, I'm doing session work as well. Um, every Friday I go down to San Diego to do some session work. Uh, so yeah, I'm so, pretty busy. <laughs> so does Zepparella have any kind of like live stream planned or have you done Sorry. anything like that? Oh, um, what we've found out is that at the moment we are pushing everything probably until August. I think we're going to start rehearsing in September. That's the last I've heard. Uh, so end end of summer. Okay. For maybe hopefully <laughs> have gigs in the fall. Maybe hopefully yes. <laughs> <laughs> They're all on the calendar. They've just been moved like three or four times. Well, but they're all on the calendar. Well, Holly, you've done all this. You've been crazy busy for the last 10 yeah. years. Uh -huh. Is there anything, any one experience that stood out over all of them that, that kind of made you say like, this is why I'm doing it, you know? And then just kind of, it seems like when something good happens, you don't get, you don't get uh content. You're not like, all right, I'm comfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, you just are like, this is good. Yeah. I want better. 
But is there yeah, anything I, that, that you that, that keeps you going that's happened? I, I think Zeparella for sure, because I knew of Zeparella before I even started playing bass. I saw them play at the Jameson uh, Ball in Dallas one year. And I thought, wow, that'd be a really cool band to be in. Because I was still an aspiring musician. I just didn't know how to do anything. Yeah. And so when I got that phone call and I realized that this was going to be a sure thing, um, you know, being able to tour with them, like, really, really helped. And, and just the fact that the three girls are some of the coolest girls. There's no drama. There's no bickering. There's no ego. There's no it was just us four against the world, basically. And we are a team and I haven't really had enough of that in my career. Um, I think a lot of musicians get sidelined by the fact that they have big egos. Um, you know, they, they, they limit themselves because for some reason, I don't know. Um, they, if those, those friendships and those, um, those relationships really need to be good. And there's a lot of musicians out there that don't let that happen. And unfortunately, I've had to deal with some people like that. So I think just finding these three being able to um, to really have a connection with them on stage, it shows to our fans. And I've noticed that the fans, they see that. And, and that's where I feel like, okay, this is why I'm doing it. Because I can show people that this is awesome. You so know, you all make each uh, other step up your own game. Yes, absolutely. We all step up to the to the challenge. I mean, playing Zeppelin's not easy. Um, playing it as exact as we try to make it, it's not easy. And uh, we're all super professional about it, which I haven't really had that before either. Um, so yeah, the friendship and this just the professionalism is amazing. And then being able to, to know that the fans also see it, uh, being proud of my band. Um, every little, every little milestone is just an absolute joy. That's great. That's great. Yeah. So any plans other than Zapparella, do you have any plans for like a, a, a new solo album with your trio or anything for the future? Are you working on that or? Any more yeah. hot sauce flavors, which I, <laughs> I wasn't able to get. <laughs> That's okay. I, I'm going to have a big sale, so maybe you'll be able to get one yes. uh, soon. Um, I think what I'm going to try now is um, I'm going to open up a boutique in my um, store. I think I'm going to try the CBD market. Get into that because that seems to be booming. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try a little bit of um, you know some other things besides music, but on the music side, I'm definitely still writing. I have a whole album written. I just have to you know get it done. It just takes money to do it. Yeah. But um, now that you know uh, my boyfriend, he's he's a drummer. He plays in Powerflow and Billy Bio and and all those bands, and he's and we've been working on lots of uh, lots of music over the past year, and we are itching to get a record out for everyone. So we're working on, um, you know, our clothing company and a new record together. Oh, cool. Well, maybe once that's yeah. done, I can have you both on. 
Yeah, that'd be great. That'd yeah. be awesome. And we're trying to keep it a two-piece, a, a drum and bass two-piece. Two That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think like Death from Above meets Holly West. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but I worked for Death from Above. Did you? Yeah. They're so great. They're, They're amazing, so awesome. aren't they? They're great. Yeah. I normally don't drop yeah. names like that, but you brought them up. So I thought. Yeah, I no, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> You've worked for lots of people. I mean, hell, if you hang out with Takumi, you probably worked for people you don't even you can't even tell anybody about <laughs> there's, there's a few <laughs> yeah exactly um but yeah we uh yeah i mean it's it's kind of it's not exactly death from above like they're they've got kind of that hipster swag swagger to them mm -hmm. where i have that southern rock swagger yeah it's it's just it's i think it's just bred in us right yeah, totally. The riff. I, I told I told somebody <laughs> this the other day. Oh, it was uh, Rick um, in the pit with Rick. I did an interview with him, and I was talking to him about you know we have something really really special in the South because that's where blues landed, you know, originally, mm -hmm. and uh, we we have something really special about the soul of our of our internal musician. And uh, just don't let it go because it, it resonates all over the world. Everybody loves the blues. Everybody loves rock and roll. I mean, not everybody, but the majority. Like, people can get into it. Um, an old blues song, people people like that. Yeah, yeah, they do. Well, um, where can people find you on social media? You can find me on social media, but the best place is my website, hollywestmusic.com. Um, but anything on social media is hollywestmusic, at hollywestmusic. But uh, I have a podcast. I have a, um, a the bass cafe. I do bass clinics. It's all on the website. And you, and then you have can a buy Patreon. my, and I have a Patreon, which is hollywestmusic as well. Uh, if you go to the website, you can see all of that at the very uh, up at the very top everything's on there um all the episodes from uh base cafe are on there um all the flash passes for base clinic if you want to come and join in on one of the base clinics this week we're going to uh, do a deep dive into james jamerson yeah. so that's going to be really fun um yeah that's where that's where i'm at make sure you play with those dead strings if you're going to do jameson <laughs> Oh, I have dead, dead <laughs> strings. My strings on my bass have been on there, I don't I don't even know, like seven, eight years. Yeah, I work I with a guy who refuses them. to let me change his strings, and they've been on there on his main bass mm -hmm. since 2015. Yeah. When yeah. they sent uh, us the bass, and I put strings on it. Yeah, I think mine have been on there for about the same time. Yeah, I, did, I, don't, I don't like the – and we talk about that a lot on Bass Cafe, actually. <clears throat> about strings and and uh you know just not changing them or changing them <laughs> yeah. but there's that that's the only two type of bass players they are there are yeah the ones that change you're them, right the ones that don't so <laughs> oh, real right. quick before i let you go what what do you what kind of gear do you use like what's your base of choice what's your main base so my main base is um it's a 60s replica uh <laughs> this base came from it, it it came from Dallas it ended up in San Francisco ended up back in Dallas at my house and I ended up buying it off of my old singer's boyfriend it was the weirdest thing 
I took it to uh, a, a guy that was a Lutheran uh, at Tinder, and he said, this isn't a real Fender. But he opened it. He goes, I know exactly who made this, and they made it perfectly. It's the most amazing bass ever, <laughs> but it's not real. And if it was real, it'd worth, like, a lot of money. Uh, so that's my main bass. And then uh, in Zeparella, I use um, a Fender uh, uh, 8x10 uh, cabinet with the 300-watt basement amp, the hybrid. Yeah. Uh, so I've got all the new equipment. And then for my trio, I typically have my um, 8x10 Edens. Um, and then I've got a, a 500-watt hard key that I usually only run um, four of my Edens through. Um, I will not get like a 1,000-watt and run both of them. Um, so And then, yeah, my secondary bass is just another Fender, uh, Fender uh, Jazz bass. So that's what I typically go for is Fender Jazz. Uh, but I have several. I have like nine guitars. <laughs> that's that's the other my, sickness right there. Yeah, yeah. My my acoustic guitar though is a breed love, and that's what I normally play my acoustic stuff with. I love it. It's beautiful guitar, beautifully made. Oh, cool. Well, I thank you for your time, man. Thanks for sure. doing this. I know, like sure. I said, I know you're busy. Um, no worries. Maybe next time I'm in LA you'll be doing an acoustic gig or a Zepparella gig so. and I'll come check it out. Please hit me up. Yeah. Anytime you're in LA, I'm down in Long Beach and we live right by the beach. <laughs> Will do. So. All well, right. Nice talking to you. You too. Have a good night, Holly. Okay. Thank Bye-bye. you, Bernie. Bye. Bye. Well, there you go. Holly West of Zepparella. Make sure you check out her website and her YouTube channel and her Patreon page. And if you haven't done so yet, Go back and listen to episode one with Leah Lane of Rose Garden Funeral Party. Until next week, thanks for listening.